Welcome to the Stefan and Fred podcast. I am Stefan, and this is the season premiere of the IPO, the initial offering, the first of the first, the introduction, the long-awaited beginning of who knows what this will be. Um, I'm excited to have this here podcast. I am Stefan. I've got no friends with me. Also, Stefan and Friends is a working title. It's not the title. It's just, I just thought it would be a cool name, but I'm open to change and I'm open to suggestions. Let me tell you what this podcast is going to be. This is going to be, uh, I want it to be part leadership because I feel like, you know, a lot of guys, or there are a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of leadership podcasts out there, uh, but none of them sound or look like me. Right. And so I think that that's an important aspect of this is that I want to bring a couple of different perspectives on it, on this game. What is the game? The game is ministry. Now, it's not a game, but I liken it to a game. I really actually stole that from my homie and future guest, Chris Chase. Uh, And that is actually how we refer to ministry. This game, this game of ministry is interesting. It is complicated. It is messy. It's painful. And it's just like a you know professional sport, complicated, messy, painful. There's so many different things, so many different machinations that go on. Uh, and so that's why I liken ministry to a game. There's so much involved in it. Uh, so it's going to be part ministry. It's going to be part sort of pulling back the wool on or pulling back the cover on a lot of things. You know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't share a lot of the things they've been through in ministry. And I think that that is wrong, not wrong, but I don't think it's good because it, it sort of, it restricts other people from hearing some of the things and it holds back people from getting a true view of what ministry is. Now, don't get me wrong. Ministry isn't always bad. It isn't always dirty. It isn't always politicking, but there are some real pains that go into it. There are some real struggles and You know, we've all had them. Those of us who have been in ministry for a bit, we've all had them. I've been doing this uh, 14 years of, you know, people, students, parents, dealing with different things. And so I bring a bit of uh, experience to this, but I've also got a lot of people that I love talking to about different things. And I hope to have a few of them on here uh, on the Stefan and Friends podcast. And then I want to have conversations with different people who can share some of what they've gone through and I want to learn from people. So this is going to be part leadership, part, uh, part my blog, but just vocal, I guess is why it's podcast. So part leadership, uh, but also part learning. And I hope to bring along a few people on that experience. And then I want to make sure that I stay Pentecostal and we'll talk about that later down the road, what that means and what does that look like. But today on this initial episode on this here, first, first offering, I want to talk about ministry. I want to talk about the starting in ministry. And and more specifically, the call. This this thing, right? <laughs> it's just sort of like this thing that we all in ministry have. It's it's the call. We always like to talk about it or when we do talk about it, where did you receive it? How old were you? Where were you, right? And people have a great some great stories. And then there's people like me. I don't really have a, a like a great story. I wasn't experiencing some midlife sort of crisis or or early life crisis. I wasn't trying to figure out like, you know, who I am or what God has called me to or where I'm supposed to work. I I received my call. And actually, you know what? Before I do that, let me you know, I always, speaking of the call, I always like to think about Jonah. Now, I know that there are a lot of people in the Bible 
who have the call. It comes in different ways. It looks different for a lot of people. But I think of Jonah and Jonah so audibly hears the voice of God telling him what to do and where to go. Right? Like Jonah, Jonah is told, yo, bro, listen, fam, go to Nineveh and preach against it. That's it. That's Jonah's call. Jonah is called by the Lord. In fact, I think it's Jonah 1.1. That's where it comes. Jonah. The word, yeah, let me pull it up. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. That's the call. That is the call on Jonah's life. And Jonah decides, nah, I'm running from it. It's crazy to me. Um, now, obviously, in those days, things are a little bit different than they are in, in 2023. Um, but here's what got me sort of thinking about the call. This past weekend celebrated my daughter's three-year birthday, her third birthday. And I was thinking about her life, thinking about my life, thinking about the call of God on my life. I I was like five, six when I really felt the Lord say, hey, I want you to be a pastor. Now, who knows? But I, I think that that was the voice of God talking to me when I was that age. And it's always sort of stuck with me. I'm gonna be a, you, I'm going to be a preacher. The Lord has prepared me for something. And there are plenty of times where I wanted to do something else. But I really f- sensed and felt strongly that God was calling me into ministry, calling me to preach. And I was thinking about my daughter and just, you know, it's her third birthday. And I know that she's always off. But what if the Lord calls her into ministry? You see, for those of you who know me, you know that I will generally fire off a few hot takes every now and then on the Twitter machine. Um but I generally hate some of the things that we do in Christendom. And really, it's the ministry side of Christendom. I hate how we treat people. I hate how leaders are treated by other leaders. Imagine, you know, how... Just think of some of the worst stories you've heard about pastors and how they've been treated by other pastors. I hate it. I hate how churches sort of uh, allow lead pastors and senior pastors to get away with things. It's just terrible. And I remember uh, telling somebody that we protect lead pastors and we don't protect the person who's stepping into ministry for the first time. We let that person burn. Now, different people might respond differently to that. But there are so many people, so many stories that I don't think that there's any way anybody could tell me that that is not at least 70% true, especially in our fellowship, my fellowship, PAOC, no offense, but we, that's what we do. There are so many bad leaders. Again, I don't mean it offensively, but it is what it is. There's so many, I don't want to say so many. There are a lot of bad leaders who continuously hold jobs. And those are the people, when you hear someone's going to work for that person, those are the people that we call immediate we call people immediately like hey that person you're working for uh, are you sure about that do you want like and so i was thinking about my daughter this past weekend her birthday i was thinking about my call to ministry some of the things i've experienced the good the bad the ugly uh and i was like do i really want my daughter to do this <laughs> right like and i wonder how many of us as parents as leaders we think about this here's my thought bro i don't know if i want my daughter to go into ministry right now and by right now, I mean, like, the state of how ministry is done. First of all, she's black. 
and we can get into that conversation down the street, down the road. But uh, in you know, in this fellowship, I don't know, you know, sometimes if if we're fully accepted. She's a female, so I've heard some terrible stories about how females are treated in ministry. Do I want my daughter to go through that? But then I was thinking about the call, right? Like, I might not want her to. But if the Lord has called her, who am I to stop what the Lord is doing? I don't know um, what happened along the way. I mean, I've had conversations with different people, just sort of like talking about the ministry and talking about our churches. And somewhere along the way, we went from like really gung-ho about, you know, leading people to Jesus and being the hands and feet of Jesus to being these um, pretend corporate entities with really bad structure and organization that just chews people up and spits people out. And I don't know, I don't know how we go back to sort of that, hey, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Hey, let's be willing to try stuff. Now, I've got a lot of wise people in my life. I, I'm i so thankful for them. Uh, but one person explained to me, we've just gotten, there's so much regulations and stuff, you know, CRA and charitable statuses and all these different things that we and churches in Canada have to go through. And so we've, you know, we've introduced so much policy and sometimes a policy overwrites and and over supersedes a lot of the spiritual aspects of this thing called leadership this thing called ministry but maybe it's time we just sort of find a way to go back to being the hands and feet of jesus and that's going to look different everywhere i think that's what jesus that's what we're truly called to right like jonah jonah's called to preach against sin preach against the city of nineveh I hope my daughter doesn't run away if she's called to ministry. And I hope I don't become the block. But it's hard for me to sit where I sit, you know, in ministry, looking at a lot of issues, looking at things, having a lot of having problems with a lot of things and saying, we this can't be what we're trying to leave our kids. Right. This can't be what we're trying to give to the future. It's no wonder why we have a leadership void in our fellowship. It's no wonder why people don't want to go into ministry. Look at the way we do things. Look at the way people are treated. Now, as we go through this podcast journey, I'll probably share a lot more of my story. I'll share a, a lot of different thoughts and ideas I have. The first big thought I have is that the way we do church is absolutely terrible. And by we do church, I don't mean like our Sunday morning. I mean like the Monday to Saturday. It's no good. On the, 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 the back end, the office side. I think I put out a few weeks ago on Twitter. We, we need more mentors. We need more, more of those people. It's weird to me that the corporate world, uh, the corporate world has mentorship programs. And we in church, we don't have that. And, and to be honest, if I can be fair, there aren't really a lot of good mentors to begin with. And so it's really hard to have a program when we don't have good mentors. I probably can count on my hand like four or five people that I would want to like legitimately sit and talk with for hours about ministry. 
But we need those people and we need that sort of programming because I believe that we're, we're, we're getting to a point where I feel like we're getting to a point eventually where we're going to have uh, pastors pastoring two churches at once because people are walking into ministry, seeing what it really is and walking right out. And I'm going to be honest, there are days where I feel like, listen, I, I hear and see too much. I'm, I think I've had enough. If we're going to do things like this in this fellowship, if we're going to do things like this, I'd rather not have any part in it because it's not right and it's not healthy. But I always come back to the call of God. God, what have you called me to do? I've been in ministry for 14 years, as I said earlier. The last eight uh, spent at one church and um, spent at my present church, not at one church. Anyway, those of you inside, those of you who know, you'll know um, whatever. Um, and every year for probably the last 12 years now, eight being here and four being somewhere else, uh, I take time to be like, God, do you really want me here? Like, is this where I'm supposed to be? And those of you who know me, you know, the, you know, the size of my check, you know, it's not about the money. We don't do this for the money. We do it for the call of the Lord. But but I want to be obedient to where God needs me, wants me, desires me to be. And so I wonder, like, you know, Lord, am I still supposed to be here? Like, I don't subject where I'm supposed to be based on based on who I'm doing it with. Right. Although, listen, let me actually, you know what? Let me not. I'll. Let me keep that one off the pod. Um, if you know, if you know what's happening where I'm at, then then you know. But I want I want to be obedient to what God's called me to do. Obedience is important in the call. Jonah, instead of being obedient, he ran away, and we get this like epic story. And I wonder how much of that was actually needed if Jonah had just done what he was supposed to do do what God had called him to do. The call of God is important. I want to be obedient to the call of God. And I hope that throughout all the hot takes, which will come, uh, throughout all the sort of angry sounding tweets, which will continue to come, I hope one day my daughter is like, able to look back and be like, huh, my dad actually put in time and energy and work to make this fellowship or ministry in this fellowship better for people like me. I'm often intrigued by other people's called ministry story because it doesn't look the same for, for all of us. I was five, six. There are people who are 30. I think God has created this beautiful tapestry of people from different backgrounds, different races, different tongues. And I think we ruin it. We mess it up with our stupidity. It's just the honest truth. We mess it up with stupid things like nepotism, right? Like, you know, the people that are are always looking to the son or daughter of somebody they know who's in ministry. And we'll talk about nepotism down the road. I got some thoughts on that, but I don't want to talk about it now, right? We look at those things, right? The human, the human aspects of of sort of this corporate structure, this 
sad corporate structure that we have in, a lot, in churches. And that messes up, I think, what... <laughs> I think that always sort of messes up God's like, hey, this is what I want. And, and as humans, we mess it up every single freaking time. It's just what we do. We're, we're screw-ups. We're mess-ups. But I hope that in 10, 15 years, maybe my daughter is like a lot of people at a youth camp and she feels the call of God in her life. Or maybe it's 25, 30 years and she, you know, she's working as a high-priced lawyer uh, and she feels that God's called her into something. I hope she feels like ministry is a place for her and that she'll be accepted um, and that she won't have to fit a certain caricature just to be taken seriously in different levels. But hey, who knows what that future looks like? Who knows if even that happens? But I do know this, is that a lot of things that I say, if you've never heard me say about, talk about this before, a lot of things I say will tweet, will write. It's more so based on what are we leaving for the future? Man, I'm, I'm super angry. Not angry. Because people don't like an angry black guy. Uh, but I'm super frustrated with the amount of good people I've seen walk out of ministry and vow never to return because of how they've been treated. And I know that they have a very obvious call of God in their life. But who messed it up? People that they had to come into contact with or or the or just how we how we in this fellowship anyway treat people. And some of the stuff that goes on. And so I really hope one day we've left this thing in a, in a better spot than what it is. Man, I can think of names of people, names of people who I look at and be like, man, you should be, man, I should be coming to you applying for a job to work with you. I know plenty of people who are like, oh man, this person would be tremendous, but you know what? They are not in ministry and they are not coming back. And so it's, it's a lot of that that sort of frustrates me. It's a lot of that that honestly scares me for my daughter and maybe potentially future one day any of my other kids, potentially, if the Lord allows it. The call is important. And I think that there are a lot of people who've messed up other people's calls and have played games with other people's calls. And hopefully, because we do believe God is just, maybe one day they'll get their comeuppance. I don't know if like... That means they'll be cast into an eternal lake of fire. But, uh, you know, maybe God will give them a stern talking to one day. <laughs> and so it's along that vein, man. I hope one day we've changed this thing. Change it for the better. I was talking a couple or last week, just, you know, some of the frustrations of being young in ministry. And I have the unfortunate sort of background where I work in ministry, but then I work for like, I work in the real, quote unquote, the secular world, and I see how things are done there. And then I have to come into um, just our processes and be like, gosh, this is absolutely terrible. Why do we as the church, why do we as God's people treat other people, not just treat other people, not other regular people, other people who are called? Why do we treat them worse than how uh, the secular, quote unquote, secular world treats them? It's crazy to me. And so I think a part of that goes into my frustrations. 
and seeing it happen over and over again and even experiencing it, right? Like, let's not even talk about pay. Let's not do that. We won't talk about that right now. We'll talk, we'll definitely touch on that down the street. But seeing that, it just, it makes me a little fearful for my future daughter or sorry, not my future daughter, makes me a little fearful for my daughter's future and potentially what God can do or how God can use her. And that's not to say God's going to use her in a PAOC church. That's not to say God's going to use her in a church. But if he so does call her, I hope that he has called her, that he calls her and what I have built up or whatever I've done um, is in a good spot for her to feel comfortable in and not have to deal with, you know, some of the nonsense that we deal with today. And I always come back to Jonah, like I've said a few times. Man, (laughs) Jonah ran, and he still ended up going to Nineveh. I'd rather my daughter go willingly and not afraid of some of the exigent circumstances than try to run away and end up going anyway. I'd rather her be able to step into ministry, step into a spot, and feel welcomed and supported and cared for and mentored and feel like she's growing in her calling and not have to worry about her race or her gender and not have that sort of hold her back. I'm confident we can figure these things out. I'm confident we will. I'm confident that God's got a great plan. I'm confident that good things will come up. I'm confident that the righteous will be taken care of. Hey, this has been fun, right? I think this is cool. Now, you can follow me on the IG. You know my IG. If you don't, it's uh, the Stefan Watson on Twitter. Stefan Watson 23, I think it is. I really don't know because I'm not into promoting myself. But what you can do is share this with a friend. Um, you can also respond with your comments. Either respond on Twitter, on IG, respond on my Substack, which does exist. I want to have this conversation. And if you have a topic that you think I should talk about and you're willing to be a guest and talk about with me, drop me a line, send me an email, contact me, and let's talk about it. All right, this has been episode one. Season one. Ooh, could we do multiple seasons of this? How many things could we really talk about? Uh, I don't know. But this has been episode one. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe. And we'll, uh, we'll do this again real soon, like next week soon. Peace out. I don't know if you guys saw this over the last week or two. And I, in fact, this little segment, this might be here, might not be here every, every show, but um, I don't know what we're going to call this. The overtime, the overdrive, the postscript, I don't know. But did you guys, did you guys see Mike Todd? Sorry, not Mike Todd. Tim Ross and Mike Todd's church transformation. Who He was talking about something. I don't even know, like, the full context. So take that with a grain of salt because I'm not able to give it the full context. All I do know is this. He was talking about making it rain on booty cheeks, um, which, hey, whatever. 
And then he was talking about the only stripper that we reverence is Jesus because he took off glory and put on humanity. And while I understand what he's trying to say, I don't know if it needed to be said that way. And the thing that really sort of gets to me is the John MacArthur's of the world, the, the, the all the, you know, the people that hate evangelicals because of some of the things that we do. This is a prime example. This just gives those guys more fuel to say, like, you know, look at these guys. They're, they're stupid. Or look at them. They're ridiculous. Some of the things they say. There is no need for that to be said. I don't understand why that need to be said in the message. Because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help. It just really brings... And to Mike, we've put Transformation Church through the ringer a bit over the last few weeks. Uh, not like me and my friends, but like we, the, the Christendom. But something like this, I don't know, man. I just think it's wild. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, one of some of you will call me out on it. And that's okay. But I don't know. 